0: So how are you, George?
1: Um, well, I'm okay. I need to find my headphone. Basically, before this podcast, I, I put my headphones in, took my jumper off, and the wireless headphones, so they just fell out when I took the jumper off, and now I can only find one.
0: Yeah. So, it, was it was a bit of a mare, to be honest.
1: Yeah, but it sounds better like this anyway. Yes. Yeah, better. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I've had a good day. Pretty chilled day today. Um, meant to be uh, a full rest day, but trained arms, so... Is pretty much a rest day to be honest, so um, got a decent session in. And like for me, arms like 40 minutes max, supersets, buys try, buy try. Um, I've been doing a little bit more single arm work for biceps uh, at the moment. Um, and triceps actually, I'm not so much of a huge fan, I think definitely the single arm works a lot more bicep than it does tricep because um, like, like a single arm push down I, I know people love them but I've never got along that well with them I just don't feel like they're that great um, I like them for like high rep stuff but anything like over sort of or anything below 15 reps on a single arm push down just feels like off um, yeah, yeah it was a good session
1: I agree um, yeah. I was just going to say that sometimes I feel like a single arm movement sometimes I feel especially a press down I sometimes feel it I sometimes don't feel it yeah
0: it's just my
1: like hit and miss do you log your arm days at the moment or do you just go in and get a pump
0: this is the thing like I log them in my head so the main movements I know where I'm at on the cable stack and yeah. then I have the single arm preacher uh, dumbbell curl I know exactly what I got last time and then right at the end of the session I will just fill them up with blood and I don't tend to log that so I have it I have it in my phone because so obviously like I'm between a few different areas at the moment, as people can imagine, using a few different facilities to basically just get my sessions done. And so my normal sessions are completely standardized, but my arm days are just like a little bit of more. I think one of the things that I maybe did wrong in the past at arm training is that focus too heavily on overload and like trying to add a rep on a curl or trying to add a rep on a push down. And inevitably using another body part to move that weight rather than actually moving it with my arms and contracting it the same way that I did when I was using 10 kilos lighter. So, mm-hmm. arms at the moment, I go in and I'm just thinking, did I feel that where I meant to have felt it? You know, not going in totally with the mind muscle connection emphasis to the point where I'm not progressing anything. Because obviously, overload is overload. You've got to create some mechanical tension on the arms for them to grow. But I think I overemphasized overload on arms and it didn't work for me, you know, mm. not as much as, and it's the same, you know, with body parts for you, isn't it? Like you've had to think more outside the box in terms of connecting with them a little bit more, uh, especially with things that you've had that weaker connection with.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably, like I said, on my Instagram, they probably one of the biggest contributions towards my back training over the past year, because obviously I've been focusing on progressive overload, but, on yeah. some movements, especially lat focus movements, like a single arm row, a, a pull-down, I'll finish a set and I don't really know what I'm feeling. Um, I don't really feel much. Whereas now, every time I finish an exercise, I will go, "Oh, I feel that in my lats. Like My lats are fried from doing it. Um, and I think that's been probably one of the biggest contributions, as well as adding the progressive overload side of things. Um, and also, I think it's helped since adding in the different intensity methods like, two count on the contraction, two count in the stretch position. All these little things is allowing me to standardize my form every single time because I'm thinking, right, I need to count to one, two in my head. So I'm not rushing my reps. Yeah. I'm not trying to cheat myself. And, and that's, been, that's been a massive game changer for me over these past sort of eight weeks that I've been you know, doing the setup.
0: Just thinking a little bit more, right? Yeah. Just I was thinking a- about what you're doing rather than going in and just with the numbers in the book I have to beat these numbers because ultimately, yeah, like yeah, you can beat numbers all day, but and the numbers reflecting in your look, you know. And we we thought we we saw with your legs, no, you know, the numbers aren't reflecting in your look. And I think that now your emphasis on focusing on getting the movement nailed, patterns nailed, contractions nailed, will show massively in your look, mate. So we've got Keith on today, haven't we? But Keith.
1: Yeah, I've got some good questions to ask. I wrote down some questions earlier.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think we've, we've been, obviously, Keithy's been on before and he's been on plenty of other podcasts. I don't, I don't want to go through the you know the basic ones. So tell us about yourself, Keithy, what you do, all that type of stuff, your background. I, I hope that people who watch this podcast know or know who he is. So we don't need to go through that stuff. I want to go into more detail about his eating, his training, that side of things. Yeah. Uh, I'll get a better understanding of that. So um, enough bullshit, basic stuff, more to do with what's he doing right now? How has he got to where he is right now? How has he got that strong? I love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. I'm looking forward yeah. to
0: it. I mean, I, I personally, like, ever since, like, the beginning of, I think, last year, like, what just after he did the Junior British and um, didn't quite get that win, but looked incredible. And I just... I kept quizzing him on what he was doing and how he was training and even more so now, since he made that progress, that leap, that massive leap progress from 2019 to 2020. And I'm telling you now, like that was a fucking leap he made. It was big. It was huge because like him as a junior versus him as again, as a junior, but basically as a men's open was just incredible. Like that, that leap in progression. So, um, I think I've pretty much rinsed all the questions that I've ever wanted to ask him because I've already <laughs> asked him them. but um, we, will, uh, we will certainly ask some of the listener questions and yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty of fun. So I'm going to let him in, let him miss him into the chat. Yeah, he's,
1: um, I don't know how he does it. Here he is. Here he is.
2: How are we doing? We're here. Yeah. We're good. How are you, man? Yes. Good, good, good. Does that sound okay? Yeah.
0: You're sounding absolutely perfect, mate.
2: Perfect. Good stuff. How was your How session we doing? Today? We okay? Yeah, good. Good. Um, it was quite like a surprising session, I think, because the plan was to go in and pretty much see what was there for like a single, mm. um, because like I've not kind of I've not took anything for a single in so long, and it was just a case of like see if there is any new numbers there. There, then it means that. Like because I've only been working with like one forty for a top end set recently, um it means that like now once I kinda secure I think once I secure one forty for ten, then I'll move my working sets to like no kind of less than one fifty for next like sessions. But um yeah, it's quite surprising because I've not took anything like I've not even touched anywhere near one sixty in so long. So I was like really nervous going in for one sixty and I don't know, you know, that kind of way when I hyped myself up that much for 160 that I think, I don't know, I was just really nervous going in and then I, I it got filmed in that, so I will upload it and, like, I'll send you it through and you'll be able to see, like, I don't know, I think I was just that nervous that it did end up going well and then it was a case of, I was confident that 165 would have been there, so I feel as if I put 165 on and I got it, I would have wanted to jump to, like, 170, but... I think one seventy would have been a miss if I'd done one six five because mm. I would have I would have fucked myself, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So it's yeah. So you're
0: not you're not far off that four four plate bench now, mate.
2: Oh mate. Well, that... Oh. Like, yes. far away, but now oh. I think I don't know. Um now I think it might be there. like short short term anyway short term anyway what
0: what was so what what did you do prior to the 170 what was your what was your what was your like did you do a working before the 170
2: and what i done was i got to 100 and i done three and then 120 for one 140 for one 150 for one 160 for one and then 170 and then 140 backed off for eight yeah so like it was in. 140
0: for one myself. <laughs> I don't think I'd even get that. What do you like on from a from a bench press perspective? Like,
2: yeah,
0: do you think that like you should always have at least one good solid run of getting pretty strong at bench pressing for 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 chest? Do you think that it's an exercise that everyone should get pretty strong at? Or would you say that dumbbells can do the job just as well? Or do you think there's something about like, you know, like the deadlift? Yeah. I said there's something about the deadlift that it's almost like non negotiable that at some point you get strong in a deadlift to build that, that bottom portion of your back and that thickness around the erectus and filling out that, that readable bicep shot. Now, like, especially for me, like, I've never had a really well developed chest, but equally, I've never given the bench press a, a massively solid run. I've always felt relatively awkward on it, I've always ran into niggles on it. So, I've always ended up swapping it out for something else. Now, in your instance, would you say to me that I just need to man the fuck up and try and find a way to progress the, bev- progress the bench or what? See, like,
2: I, I, think, I think the problem is it's hard to say it because I think the fact that I've not had access to something that's maybe more like fixed over. Like the flat bench, I feel maybe, like maybe if I had access to uh, like maybe even like a chest, like I've got access to a vertical chest press machine, but I think there are, say for instance, like, a, um, you know how you get like the plate loaded flat chest presses? I think if I had access to something like that, then I would maybe switch out flat bench and only do incline barbell. I feel as if like incline barbell can't be topped, flat bench. I wouldn't say that it needs to be done but I I definitely think it is one of the like bigger moves that maybe shouldn't be totally missed out on but like I said there's there's like access to so much more stuff now that I feel that because I've been brought up with what I've got now that's really why I'm like I've, I'm a big believer in it if that makes sense of course
0: I think the limitation has its benefits. Would you agree, George?
1: I, I would agree. Um, I, I love the barbell bench press, but I just get fucking injured all the time, man. I I, I get some decent numbers on it. Then all of a sudden a rotator cuff or some bicep tendonitis comes creeping in. And I'm just like, it's not even worth it. It really isn't worth it. So I think it's again down to obviously limitations. Like, like you said, you know, you might add in a different exercise if it, if you had more variety, um, but you're very good at it, so and it's working. So don't fucking change it, you know. Because uh, I I was doing 170 kilo RDL today, and you're fucking pressing it for one rep. It's impressive, mate. It really is. Um, Thank you. I I just want to know, like, f- for me, it's with these numbers that you are doing right now. Kind of, what's what's the process behind it? So for you, is it a case of Do you work on your singles? I know obviously like deadlifts and things like that, you you work on a lot of pause stuff. Um, But bringing up that bench press, do you focus on pause reps or do you just a case of just trying to add a little bit more weight here and there and just get the weight up? Or is it, what's the process behind getting to the bench press that you've got?
2: Yeah, so this was like like one of the, I actually, the the, the video that got filmed today pretty much covers like what I do with like the kind of, chest rotation and that but this was one of the things that I did say to AJ that it kind of goes back to like what my split is so one week that I do chest I will kind of focus on more so over the it's like over like a kind of 10-day rotation chest will get hit twice so Mm. it means that on one day I'll prioritize flat and one day I'll prioritize incline so on the days that I do prioritize flat like today it's much much lower volume and I might bring in like paused as my top sets so like the past kind of few weeks I've been doing like um paused upwards to like 140 and I managed to get six paused with 140 and I feel that getting stronger on paused is helping me when it comes to my working sets of just your kind of normal touch and go um so I feel that that's like the ultimate goal was 140 for 10 so that's why I was trying to ride up 140 paused basically that was like because the goal was one forty for ten, that's why I've started doing that. But I've also started doing a a lot of tempo work on um, bench, but only for my back off sets. So I've not pretty much looked at like a really top end set and done tempoed work. I've more so maybe taken an extra back off set with like one twenty or something, but tried to really like take maybe a a four to six second eccentric, and then obviously once it hits the chest, then boom. And again, a, another thing as well is I've tried to do it like completely raw like with no um sleeves no straps like nothing at all just kind of made it myself in the way and then it means that because I have became so comfortable with like your 120 um then I feel a lot more comfortable with like 140 so I never kind of have that fear of like shit I know this is going to be a challenge and there's a possibility that I might not get it so it's pretty much just a case of getting more comfortable with your 120s and 140s and then that's why I've kind of been able to just go in and not be so nervous with, like, heavier weights. But, yeah, that's that's really it. So, like, the day that I do prioritise incline, I'll do flat bench second, but it'll be higher volume. So, I'll probably not even touch 140 that day. I'll probably just take it up to maybe 120, 130 at a push. But, see, you're, you're in between numbers. I've got the fear of, like, doing, like, I don't know, all of my jumps are always, like, um... 10 so like say for instance 90 kilo binge 110 kilo binge 130 binge i find them so much heavier than doing like 80 100 120 140 i'm just a freak like that but like yeah that's that that's really it so like there's no specific kind of program or anything like that about it it's just a case of like whatever the whatever's up here like i might have a like 140 for 10 for instance you know I mean, nothing's really going to change that until I do secure that 140 for 10. So, um, yeah, that's really I think, it.
0: I think from looking at your training, it's, it's clear to see you're very in tune with your body in a way that you can go in and auto-regulate sessions and go by feel and really make smart moves with loading progressions. And I know that we've been bouncing our deadlifts back and forth, and like there, I think there was only like one day where you didn't quite hit the numbers that you had in your head. And mm-hmm. I know you were so <laughs> frustrated with that, but I think your time scales on progressions and like knowing what you're capable of is very, very solid. And I don't know whether, I don't know whether people understand the smart aspect of your training so much. I think a lot of people think of you as someone that just goes in and because you don't, because you say you don't logbook, people think you don't necessarily train smart. I don't want to sound rude when I say that, but I think some people don't think you train smart when in reality actually train incredibly smart. Being able to auto-regulate to that level and make the basic make the progressions you do is is ridiculously smart. It's very, very good. Um so like one of the things that I'm always intrigued about is is your progressions because I think like where do you get the idea that you can progress at the rate that you do? Like where did, do other people, do you watch other people online do, like add ten, five five kilos each week or 10 kilos each week? Cause there's a, there's a run on your deadlifts at the moment where you've been, I'm pretty confident it's been either there was initially 10 kilo jumps for the five repers. And then as you got closer to that 300 kilo pull, you did some five kilo jumps. Like that's most people aren't progressing at that rate. Like, you know, you might get an extra rep now and now and again, or you might add five kilos over the course of four weeks or, or, or whatever. Where do you get this idea? Like who motivates you or do you set your own limits because you train alone in a little gym, you know, how how do you perceive that these progressions are possible? I think that's something that people would really benefit from understanding your mindset a little bit.
2: Yeah, so, like, go, going back to, like, people that I watch, like, for instance, um, somebody like Larry Wheels is a very big influence in, like, my sort of training. Um, going back, I used to watch a lot of Dallas McCarver, so he always kind of favoured your bro split, and then at the same time, it was always a case of, like, seeing people like him, like, don't get me wrong, like, he's down a total, he was down, a like, a total different route to what I am, but at the same time, just seeing somebody, like, week on week pulling seven-plus plates, benching five-plus plates, do you know what I mean? Things like that. And, like, another person, like, um Luke, was a very big inspiration in that sort of training. And Dusty Hanshaw, again, another big inspiration in that sort of training. Um, but I don't know, like, it, it sounds very, how would you say, like, it sounds very cliche in that, but, like, before these sort of sessions, like, weeks leading up to these sessions, I can always see myself doing it. Do you know what I mean? I've always got that, like, it's like that kind of process in my head, that kind of video, that, like, set in my head that I can see myself doing it. And I feel that once I end up, once it comes to that day, like, don't get me wrong, like, the night before and, and the day leading up to the sessions, especially deadlifts, like, they are very nerve-wracking. Like, I've never been, I don't get, I'm usually okay with sessions, um, but when it comes to deadlifts and especially like right now knowing that I need to to go in and 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 pull upwards or like seven plates it's like right this is when do you know what I mean it starts getting a little bit more serious than that and then usually it's okay but I don't know yeah as, as terrible as it sounds and a lot of people would be easy enough to just kind of sit and laugh at it but I can really always see myself doing the weight I can see myself before I actually do it and and in the set is just the, it's like the, 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 the tick of the box that it's like, right, that's it, done. Do you know what I mean? I don't ever consider not being able to do something. Like today, for instance, don't get me wrong, I was quite, like, cautious about going in for 160 because I've not done it in so, so, so long. Like, I've not done anything over three plates in so long. But the way that 160 moved, I wasn't even nervous about going in for 170. Like, it was just... I literally just done everything. Like I got myself psyched up in that for 160 and everything that i done for 160, I just replicated it with 170 and that was the outcome kind of thing. But it's the same with deadlifts. Like everything I do at the start of deadlifts will be the exact same every single week. Nothing will change. Like the music won't change. The, the moments that I approach the bar won't change. Everything I do in the morning, like it's always the same kind of thing. It's just literally replicating it. And I'll know that if I have, like, an off day, it'll be because either, like, something might have came up, which obviously is just life at the end of the day, but at the same time, something that I usually replicate every single week, I might have forgotten to do it or I might have not done it. And, again, it might just play the role on, obviously, a bad day. But, again, like, bad sessions are, are going to happen regardless. Like, if we were able to have a 110% good run forever, then I think, like... The world record deadlift wouldn't be five hundred and one kilo. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like a thousand kilo because you could just progress whenever you wanted to. Like everybody's gonna have shitty sessions, but yeah, I guess you just don't like replicate and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think two two things I just want to take
0: from that, and then I, and then I'll let you go, George. So first thing is, it's clear you're following way more assisted athletes as inspiration than you are naturals, and that's nothing against other naturals because there's plenty that do inspire you i know but the ones that you were following in terms of your lift comparisons you were following more assisted which i think in all honesty i can massively relate to that because the moment i started training with kuba is the moment i started to set way less limitations on what i could do i was trying to catch him you know so that's when i made the most progress on even small things like leg extensions i'd be like well. Why don't I try that, you know? And then I, I, it's the first time I've ever now, pretty much most leg extensions, I'll do the stack because I know that I can do it, you know? And in the past, I've never go that deep down the stack because I didn't think that it was possible. So that's number one. Then number two, and something really interesting that through speaking to you more frequently, I've learned is that there is definitely something about your mental approach to those deadlifts because I've seen your 220 warm ups. And they don't look much faster than my 220 warmups, which is crazy because I like, I'll touch 220 before I touch 230 and it will look very similar to your 220. But I can't go anywhere near the load that you're going through at the moment and your top sets. So that just shows that, yes, you're, you know, of course there's a massive strength element of, of what you do, but I would say that a good chunk of where you're taking yourself is through a mental approach that you've developed which I think people should understand it's like your ability to pass through some, some of those boundaries is is pretty fucking impressive but that goes to make you the bodybuilder that you are mate um, so yeah that's uh, pretty cool stuff but George you were going to say something I, I was going to ask so obviously
1: on your Instagram and stuff like that we always see the good side of things the good stuff because obviously, obviously everyone wants to see that but you know, for for example, let's say today, you know, you went for that one hundred and sixty, and it didn't move the way that you wanted to, and you had like, you know, for example, a bad day. You know, do, are you the type of person that will still go for that one seventy despite one sixty feeling meh, or would you go back and say, look, I'm I'm not going to probably do that today. It's probably not there. I'm going to be smarter and, and maybe do something else. Do you, or sort of, auto regulate it like that, or do you just, write, if I'm doing one hundred seventy today, I'm I'm doing it regardless of how every other set feels. For example.
2: Um, like, yeah, no, like I would, I would, I would definitely be able to kind of auto-regulate it if I had a goal in mind and it was feeling hellish. Like today, for instance, like 170, obviously I was just really wanting to see what was there for a single, like 170 definitely wasn't, um, I don't know, like it was, wasn't up there. I wasn't going in to do 170. If anything, I was going in to kind of try and secure like 160 to still being there, but it was because it moved so well that I had, no choice up here but to put 170 on kind of thing um deadlift wise like and and, on any other move to be honest if I had a set goal in mind and I went in and it wasn't feeling really as good as what I was wanting it to feel and needing it to feel to go up it would totally depend how much the jumps were like AJ will be able to tell you like I've had a couple of days where I've went in and 220 on like 220 is usually the kind of determining factor on deadlifts of where I go for the day kind of thing and I've had a couple of days where like I went in and it has moved really 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 slow like very slow but <laughs> Genuinely. at the same time like <laughs> at the same time it's possibly just been down to maybe misgrooving like the the initial pull or yeah. or my breathing or something like that but then I've loaded 260 on and 260s moved quicker. My top end set, maybe 280, 290, again has moved quicker than what 220s moved like. So you've always got the fear of like letting your warm-up sets dictate where your working sets are gonna go and, and sometimes sometimes that it can you can make the wrong decision because I've seen where like as, as weird as it sounds and as how it shouldn't happen, that you sometimes get stronger by the sets kind of thing. You sometimes once you you get your groove and then you you start moving up like, say for instance, deadlift 140 could feel good or 140 could feel okay, 180 could feel slow, 220 could feel slow. But then once you start moving up the way, then, like, at the case of where you're just like priming the CNS for your top end sets, they say it's gonna start to feel a little bit better. But yeah, I guess like if I did really have a goal in mind and I went in and if I if I 100% knew that it wasn't gonna be there, I would auto-regulate my sets and probably not go upwards towards that but I think like if I've got the frame of mind that I'm going in for something like I said like a couple of minutes ago like I can always see myself doing that set so I will always want to like at least 99% give like a good bash at that set do you know what I mean so it's some days can be different do you know what I mean like but um yeah, everyone need two. I will. Definitely. Hundred. Definitely. Andre, wait, wait.
0: Salmon. Hey, oh bagels. Nice. Philadelphia on there or no, mate? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. Keith, I have a question about your food. You're eating a thousand grams of carbs a day. You eat bagel thins. What? What? What are you on, <laughs> man? Why, right. they so, why, 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 because, don't, why don't you just eat the normal bloody bagels?
2: Because whenever... You, I, I hate toasting the normal bagels, whereas yeah. when I toast the bagel thins, they're like actual proper, like, how would you, like, what would you say? Toast. When you try and toast normals like... And, right, this is another thing as well. See, unless you buy, unless you buy Warburton's bagels, they're not cut for you. I don't want to be standing with a knife trying to cut a bagel. But the uh,
0: my my issue with the Warburtons ones is that they do taste like toast, you know. So like, if I want toast, I buy toasts. But I don't know. Maybe there's,
2: uh, there's no nah. argument
0: there. I think you know you're bigger, so probably the Warburtons ones work better.
2: I'm <laughs> um, like I think I would I think I would maybe move to like your normal bagels if I started okay. having a problem with appetite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay.
2: Do you know what I mean? Which <laughs> I don't
0: think is gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> How, so, how how genuinely sick did you feel though on that
2: uh, 20k challenge that you did? Because you looked really unwell, mate. I was. I tried to kind of move it back and forth and 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 change the variety of um, like food and try and not stay within the same food for like two meals in a row. But I was actually okay. I think it was just a point of I left it too late. Like I never started eating till like eleven o'clock, and then it was finished at like ten o'clock at night. So I think that gap, maybe if I got up at like four or five in the morning and finished it at like midnight, it might have been a bit better. But I think because things were so um, like close together, but I can't see me doing anything like that anytime soon. Again, that was just like, that's like one of them things you need to tick off and just get it the fuck out of the way. Like, I'm, oh, no.
1: I've done 15,000 calories before and... I started at like four o'clock in the morning. I woke up at four o'clock, I went to pure gym, I did some cardio to get my appetite going. I went to McDonald's. And I even struggled from four o'clock till I finished just about, just before midnight. And uh, I, I, I couldn't imagine doing 20,000 calories, let alone 15,000. I felt horrendous, horrendous. And how much did you gain the next following day off that? By
2: I was like address? seven pounds up. Sure. <laughs> seven pounds <laughs>
0: I wanna talk I wanna talk a little bit about the food and, and the body weight side of things. So, so you're putting a lot of food in daily. Um and I know you know you're not typically a guy that shouts and screams about reverse dieting out of shows and adding in the small amount of food each time, etc. Especially with your you know, you're relatively short off seasons, you, you have a limited time span to be able to pack on new new muscle. So what did it actually look like for you this year in terms of coming away from the show did you feel like it went as well as it has done in the past and like what does a typical post-show window look for you um look like for you in terms of like weight gain and nutritional changes following the the the, the prep
2: I think like this year is well last year saying that now what especially was getting my body back um healthy again because with the way that obviously last year shows went and everything kept getting postponed and and then obviously like I had went through the kind of deplete and everything like that and then obviously the show got cancelled like two days out to then push on a further four weeks to the point where like it was already kind of deep enough where we were and then to push on another four weeks like to die another four weeks it doesn't sound that long but from the way that the kind of year went and then you were like right you were kind of I guess, mentally preparing as well, that obviously you were ready and that, and then, shit, we've got another four weeks to go. Um, it was just a case of getting my body healthy again before the first initial, like, very big push-up. Like, don't get me wrong, I did enjoy some nice food and stuff like that after the show, but um, one of the biggest things this year going into this off-season is my food's a lot, um, what would you say, cleaner. Like, it's not just, like, don't get me wrong like there is a lot of food going no like i was i was not i wasn't concerned about, about keeping everything the same like if that makes sense like i was um opting for what you would say is probably more um like the total opposite of what was happening i went through pretty much like the first kind of off season the first year that i'd done um sweet potato and white potato and all that obviously that was a big change and then I never implemented that back in my off-season until near about the end. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't want it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this off-season has been like, everything that I had on prep is still in. Do you know what I mean? Um, Which is obviously a, like a, a decent sign. And I think that that's playing um, like a good role in my progression in the gym as well. Because obviously my food's a lot better. But um, yeah, food was straight up. Like within the first kind of, two to three weeks of my off my off-season and getting a decent amount of food back into my body and getting, like, a little bit of fat on and that. What, what, like, so, what
0: sort of changes are we looking at? Like, can you talk us through some numbers, like calories or, or macros? How many carbs did you add? People love numbers, mate. So if you've got I was probably, numbers, I was
2: numbers. probably adding, like, upwards of, like, 500 to 800 calories a week. You know what I mean? Easy. Like, the... You, you you know how it is post-show like how easy food can go in and again like sometimes because obviously a lot of people in um, like go for the reverse diet and post-show it's like the the kind of better option or what you could say but yeah like upwards to a thousand calories a week easy definitely mm-hmm. definitely and like um was th- that like, carbs or
0: did you add in? yeah energy?
2: yeah no that was protein state. protein's pretty much the same I'd h- look for upwards of 220 protein a day and that's it. Once I hit that, that's fine. To be honest, like, that's one of the biggest things of my off-season. Don't get me wrong, carbs are, are, like, a very big focus and I will look for upwards of, like, 1,000 grams of carbs. But once I hit two, 220 protein, that's me. I don't feel I need, um at, like, any more than that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, that. that's it. Um, I always look for your my protein towards, like, my lean mass rather than anything on top of that so like if say like i went on stage at like um what like between 180 and 190 yeah. if i can hit 200 protein for the day that's fine but that'll be from direct sources yeah. that'll be from that'll be from like um chicken and and uh, powder and eggs and stuff like that do you know what i mean so um you're looking really 200 to 220 protein and fats Fats really, I just really look for um between kind of maybe 60 to 120 grams of fat because it it's never a big thing in my prep.
0: Bit of a range. <laughs> it's
2: it's never a big thing in my prep. Like, I don't have specific fat sources in prep, like, on my diet. So I don't I- implement, like, anything like that throughout the off-season kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a specific fat goal. Um, It's more so I'm more concerned about hitting protein for the day and making sure that I'm taking in enough carbs. But obviously, yeah, that's really it. Now, with your base diet, so you obviously have a base diet. I know that
0: you do like, you know, like your little treats here and there and things like that. Are they auto-regulated in a way where you'll feel the need for them? Like you'll add them in on a day where particularly you've done like an extremely taxing session or you've hit multiple PBs um like do you basically respond to your diet in the same way you sort of respond in the gym to picking a certain load you'll add in a certain bit of like treat food or something on a day where you feel like you need it
2: is that how you tend to work yeah we'd only ever add in something like that if i had like a very successful session and i knew that what would you say like a lot of energy was expended that day such so as like a deadlift day do you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. like obviously it just so happens that deadlifts fall on a saturday and saturday's like you're Peak night that you would, I don't know, people would opt for an an off plan meal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But say, for instance, like a a leg day, for instance, or like a midweek session, if it was really good and there was a lot of energy expended, then I might increase my food that day, but I might not. I usually only have like stuff like that, like treats and that, if I feel like it. You know what I mean? Like, and that might be midweek, that might be on the weekend. If I feel like it, I'll have it. I won't pull myself back from it because I feel if. I pull myself back from it, that's all I'll think about. And then it'll just get to the point where, like, I'm going to end up getting it anyway. So if I feel like on that day, I will just have it and then that'll be it. That's it gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't feel the need to have it every single night. So I feel
0: especially with your short uh, off seasons, in the sense that you have the reality is you'll probably have four to six months away from competition prep to improve. I think from a relationship with food, as long as you can, you know, get back to what is your structure after these things, which obviously you can because you're an athlete, you're a pro athlete, you can definitely do that. Um, it's important to have those sort of like little things almost relinquished out of your mind, get them out when when you mm-hmm. want them, kind of have them, kind of thing. I um, will let George ask a question in a little bit. One more question for me on this sort of like nutrition aspect of things is body weight. So. Obviously, you competed like high end of 180s. So, what what did body weight look like post show? How much did you gain and what sort of pace and where are you at body weight wise now? And is that sort of typical for you comparative to other post show phases?
2: Yeah, so well, I it was pretty much the same. Like within the first week, I was up like 15 pounds. Um, and that would have simply just have been from enjoying food and getting a lot, of, like that wouldn't have been from. All oh, right, I've got a really good. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I had a really, really good structure of food post show and that. Like, I had the food that I needed to have, and then I had all the food that I wanted to enjoy. But yeah, I was probably up like 15 pounds um, within the first kind of um, week to ten days, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, like I've not the the last I jumped on the scales. Um, mon, last Monday when I done legs, and that was the first time that I jumped on the scales since prep do you know what I mean like I don't feel the need to to be like getting an average body weight every week and seeing if my weight's going up weight's going down kind of thing I I like obviously track my progression in the gym and stuff like that so if if training's going well then that's really all that matters kind of thing do you know what I mean and then once prep comes around if I've had a successful um, off-season in training then that's really the biggest thing that matters kind of thing do you know what I mean it's, it, the way that I look at it is from like the, the off-season position right now to the off-season position I was in last year it's like night and day do you know what I mean whereas last year I thought that I was night and day compared to the year before that so that's the only kind of way that I take it um, and then making sure that I can still progress on stuff like like um, my sleep and everything like that as long as I'm getting everything that I need in like that, then that's really how I do it. But like I don't have a specific um gain, like weight gain every week or month kind of thing. I don't look for anything specific. I just make sure that everything that I'm doing everything that I need to be doing anyway that I'm doing. So making sure that all food that's going in, all like training's going well, that's the, the, the really the main thing, like I said. But making sure that food is going in is the big part. And as long as that's going in, that's fine. I think, I think that's meant. I think that's that's on that's honestly wicked. I think genuinely
0: that's why you always start your off seasons. Um sorry, you always start your preps such a great spot because you're not looking for a certain amount of weight gain. You're you're looking for a look. So and you've never started like super, super soft either. Like, yeah, you get soft, but you're never totally out of shape. Um how often are you posing and looking at yourself in an off-season? Is it daily or are you taking photos every week or are you just looking in the mirror after a session? Like how often do you actually look at what you're what you're creating and what
2: the weight where the weight is going in an off-season phase? I do um, two rounds before bed every single night. So in the I literally yes, so what yeah. I do is I actually do I do one round down in the living room. So I get the down light off of the big light and then once I go up to my room I'll do one round in the mirror, which is like a long mirror. So, obviously, downstairs, I can only see the upper body, but at the same time, because I'm getting that down light, really, that's all I'm wanting to see. Um, and then once I go up the stair, I'll do another round again, but in the full mirror. So, that's really just your normal lighting, anyway. But, yeah, to, uh, obviously, I'll pose through sessions and stuff like that, but that's just your kind of odd pose here and there. But mainly, like, I can't remember the last time I'd never done... Um, it would have been probably back in like 2019 or something like away at the start of 2019 was when I started doing the the two rounds before bed every single night and it just kind of formed a habit and got into that routine and now throughout prep was the same but at the same time going at my off season it's just I will always do that so I think as well like don't get me wrong a lot of food goes in and that and I expend a lot of energy in the day throughout sessions and steps and stuff. But at the same time, I'm also expending a lot of energy doing my posing at night time. Like, it's – it's throughout the off-season, it gets harder because you're, like, fucked after free poses. But at the same time, it's also helping everything not go, like, soft as shit, if that makes sense. Um, So, it's it's, it's playing a good role as well. But, yeah, I'm always – it's always – one downstairs and then one up the stair. It's always just been, it's just kind of formed a habit and it's it's stayed in. So yeah, two rounds every day.
1: So I was going to ask, when do you like add in food? So obviously you're not weighing yourself much um, at the moment. Do you base it upon your just performance? Do you base it upon the look and how much are you adding? So is there like a rationale behind adding a particular amount or is it just, okay, if I need to eat more food, I'm just going to eat more food and it's, might be like 70 carbs for for example it's not an exact amount or do you aim for an exact amount when you add in more food um
2: no I don't ever feel as if I get to that point where I'm like right I need more food like in specific if say I've got a day where I might be like feeling a bit like more tired or something like that and I might feel as if I need more food on that specific day I will have more food on that day but I don't ever get to the the point really where like I'm like right now it's time for a kind of food increase. Like where I'm at the now my food is sitting like what you would say very high, but I can't see me taking my food much higher until I really got to the point where everything started stalling. So if I was pretty much say I was looking in the mirror and everything was the same or say um, training is training being a bigger thing. If training did start stalling and I noticed it started stalling, I would know that the the next really thing would be obviously the first thing that I would jump towards would be an increase in food um or looking towards the kind of session window or what I was taking in um bit like especially like pre-sessions and that if that food needed to be up then but I don't really have it goes back to like not log booking like training and that like it's like I do obviously put all my kind of food into like my fitness pile and not every day but again that's just formed from Habit, but I don't ever get to the point where um I'm like, right, you know what I mean this week it's time for a food increase and stuff like that. It's never really been a thing throughout the off season anyway, um obviously, during prep, like um Vicky takes control of like the food that I get. I don't get specific macros, I get a meal plan, and you know it's that's really what's kinda um stayed like throughout that and then obviously once I, like I say once I move to my off season I have a protein goal. I don't specifically have a carb goal. Um like I will have a specific amount of carbs that I like to take in from obviously all your, your really like quality foods before I move to things like cereal and stuff. But um yeah, I don't really um have anything I it may have been different if I have like check ins every single week in that but um as I just kinda of make sure that the amount of food that like where my progress and that's at the now I feel as if everything that I'm doing is right so I don't really see the need to change anything unless things drastically start to change Mm -hmm. um but then again that goes back to a performance side of things um training is really the biggest part of the day so it's whatever happens in 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 training will really dictate what's going to happen outside the training if anything needs to be changed obviously.
1: Do you have any problems with your appetite at all? Because um, consuming that amount of food, I mean, for for you, your off seasons have never been like long enough. Like for example, like right now, I'm you know well over a year post show. I look at food right now and I think that's, I'm not bothered about, about it at all. I'm not bothered about meals plan or planning or like that. So I can understand and appreciate your off seasons are a lot shorter. So you probably don't have, for example, maybe the appetite I have now. Being so deep into an off-season phase and not dieting for a long time, um, but how do you do? you have days where, like, obviously, right now with with COVID going around, you know, loss of appetite with flu that type of stuff? Do you have days where you just go, you know what? I'll be honest with myself, I can't actually eat the food that I normally eat today. I'm just going to eat a little bit less, or do you, regardless of what day it is, you get the food in no matter what?
2: I'm like I'm surprisingly okay with like. You you said obviously my off seasons are a little bit shorter, so maybe if it got to the point I was still, 12 months into an off season, I might get to the point where my appetite goes a bit like shitty, but surprisingly I've been okay with obviously the food going in. And like I said, like there's quite a bit of variety in my food compared to like say the just the set meal plan obviously on prep. Um so say for instance like I wasn't feeling like a specific food choice. I would pretty much just change it if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? To make sure that I was still getting obviously the food in, but it's like um obviously like even things like changing up seasoning on chicken and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like just to make sure that obviously I do get days where I don't specifically get days where I'm not hungry. I'll just get days where I might not want that specific type of um food, so that could be changed. But now, like I said, I think like you said because my off seasons are a little bit shorter as well. I don't have I don't have that much problem um taking in the food.
1: That's um, crazy. I watched eating it it's madness. It I is, watched it it for it madness. I was like seven thousand calories. I was like wow every day. So you do that every day. How about rest days? What do you do, sorry, with rest day food? Do you still consume seven thousand calories or do you drop it down realistically to a particular amount that you feel is necessary or
2: no my food's the same every single day. The amount of food that I take in is the same every single day. Expenditures the same every single day. Do you know what I mean? Like even through like this lockdown, I've started going on like a walk in the, Like the first lockdown that we got, I started doing a walk every single morning, and it's like it's like five five and a half thousand steps. But again, it's like my mornings now aren't complete unless I go that walk. Do you know what I mean? So I also have to think about that. I also have to take into consideration. Like I do that because I enjoy it and. I don't feel the need to take it out because I have to up my food because I've got to also think about, right, you've just pretty much went on 5,500, like, step walk. At the same time, I'm going to then train. I'm going to then probably do, like, another maybe three to 5,000 steps in general, going shopping, taking a dog at a walk, things like that kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, food's really the same every single day. So I don't ever – it's never changed. You also said
0: rest, George. I think you're forgetting that those days don't exist.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was gonna, yeah, I was thinking about that when I said
0: rest that. is <laughs> like maybe arms, but then again, in close grip bench <laughs> is 140 on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not really a rest either. Um, I had a question hey, about. That,
2: when, was, that was an active rest day yesterday. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a question. I had a question about um. Routines, so like at the moment obviously there's a lot lo- loads of bodybuilders and it has been for years but there's plenty of bodybuilders at the moment especially in the UK seem talking talk about routine the importance of it how important is routine to you and what what does what what is fundamental in terms of your ability to recover from basically training every day Um, how important would you say to listeners is your routine and what you do on a daily basis
2: oh it's the it, i would i would probably be up shit creek if i never had the routine that i've got right now like t- um, taking in things like my sleep especially obviously down to rest i'm eight to ten hours of sleep every single night now if that means that like life never always hits good like i don't go to bed at the same time every single night i'm not going to sit here and say i go to bed at the same time every night and I get up at the same time every morning, if I end up not getting to bed until late, I will still always get my eight to 10 hours of sleep. So that'll really be the only thing that will change within the routine, it will be timings, but I will always make sure if that means that I need, I'm not getting up till nine, 10 in the morning and not getting up till nine, 10 in the morning. Um, Pre-session naps are also a big thing. Every single day, a pre-session nap. things like that like I, again I don't because um I'd done like before like lockdown and that I'd done PT and stuff so again like some hours were a little bit different so I wasn't training at the same time every day but now moving into lockdown training pretty much at the same time every single day again food is the same every single day and then once it hits maybe six seven o'clock that's like downtime from there so obviously that's like it's just pretty much time to chill but Um, sessions and things like that like obviously I don't sit in log sessions so that's not really a thing but I think the biggest thing for me is routine in hours of sleep and at the same time food as well like getting up every morning I've got the same routine every morning Um, like when I get up to obviously go and take like health supplements and stuff like that Um, water intake my walk is straight away so meal one's in and then I'm straight out of walk that falls around about the same time every single day Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, Um, like, I know some people do um, routine a lot, lot, lot different to, like, say friends, what I do mine may sound a little bit laid back, but at the same time, it's like, it works every day for me for everything that I'm looking to get out of what I'm doing. So that's really it. And then obviously, I've got a whiteboard as well that is down to obviously my goals and stuff like that. And if there's anything I need to do, then it will go straight down on the whiteboard. But yeah actually i I would definitely stress routine for um, progression hundred and ten percent hundred and ten percent
1: I think you just need routine for your food <laughs> um like without that you'd be i don't know like for me if I tried eyeballing my day just eating whenever I wanted it just <laughs> wouldn't work like for yeah. me I, I gotta make sure I get up like on a training day if i need to get you know i mean I'm, I'm eating nowhere near as many calories as you but i need to make sure that i get up at, at least six o'clock in order for me to spread my meals out so i'm actually willing to sacrifice actually a little bit of sleep to make sure that i i get my meals in but it's quite interesting for you that regardless of the amount of food you need to get in you're still to get your eight to ten hours of sleep a night it's uh it's quite interesting that that's something which i've especially this past kind of six months or so i've let sleep go a little bit potentially because I need to get more food in and in order for me to spread out for that day I need to just have more hours in the day um but yeah I've always been a little bit oh if I get up at eight o'clock I'm just you know I feel a bit lazier things don't get done that sort of thing but I mean it's working for you mate and you know don't as I always say don't change anything if it's not broken um AJ do you have any questions
0: I have loads mate, but to be honest, I know people need to eat at some point. So we're going to keep this to an hour. We'll do another episode yeah. in the future where we probably just do solely Q and a, I don't want to keep uh, keep it too long. I have one thing that I did want to cover. Um, and we'll probably finish on this topic. So you mentioned, obviously you did a bit of PT prior to, to lockdown and you probably will continue that after, but I'm interested in obviously you're a pro bodybuilder now, you know, you're pro in the DFAX so you can compete in the program Prix. you can compete in the, the pro worlds and the grand Cayman islands. You've got plenty of things to look forward to with your bodybuilding, which is fantastic. And you're so young and you're already a, a professional in the, in the desired federation that you wanted to be a pro in. Um, I think it, everyone sort of knows what's probably next for you in bodybuilding in terms of like, you know, we probably know where you want to go, but I want to know a little bit more about like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to, what do you want to do outside of bodybuilding? Do you want to coach for a living? Do you want to continue with PT? Do you want to build a brand behind yourself? Do you want to launch clothing? What, what do you want to do? What do you want to be in the future? And where can we expect you to drive that dedication that you have for bodybuilding into sort of like your career, so to speak, in a little bit more
2: detail? yeah so I, I definitely want to get into coaching I definitely want to get into coaching that's one of the like more so into coaching like I do a bit of it now but I don't do like solely coaching itself but it's getting more so into that but yeah um, it's a, it's a, it's a very hard one because like obviously we all want to do bodybuilding full-time kind of thing and at the same time this is why I always like obviously everybody knows like my Long, long, long term goal is to get on the Olympia stage. And I'm not going to sit there and say it's not that. But at the same time, like, I have got that desire to not like jump to that side just yet because of how my progression is going naturally, kind of thing. And it annoys me because I feel as if, like, there's you can count on one hand the amount of people that don't believe there is any kind of sort of limitations as a natural competitor kind of thing and I want to be one of the people that like proves 110% that there shouldn't be any formal limitations as a natural bodybuilder like don't get me wrong we've just seen um, a natural competitor turn IFBB pro in the classic physique but at the same time towards the training side of things like it's just I want to be like I want to be an example and have that as like my so called brand as somebody that that proves to be that person that obviously shows that there isn't any form or limitations just because you're a natural athlete like compared to somebody that goes down the the assisted route like I'm the last person to obviously have anything against that side, but at the same time, I've got that kind of um thing that's keeping me as a natural competitor because. I'm now being able to like, I'm finding my groove and everything that I need for my performance when it comes to obviously training and stuff. But I don't know, it's like, like I said, I definitely want to get into coaching and things. But at the same time, it's just, it's been like, I'm with the way, like, where I'm at right now, obviously, I'm only 22. So it's like, I'm still kind of in that process of being like, right what do i really want to do like within like bodybuilding and that like obviously i want bodybuilding to be my full-time job i want to be able to start making money from youtube and things do you know what i mean so it's like it's a it's a hard game all in all but um i just want to be able to be that person that proves to like the whole world that there is no limitations to being a natural competitor i don't want anything to not be possible And the way that I see it in my head is there's nothing that I can't do. Do you know what I mean? So I would never, the second that I think there's something that I can't do, I won't do it. And if I approach a bar on any sort of move and get that feeling that shit, this is going to be heavy and I'm probably not going to be able to do it, I won't do it. So it's it's just one of the things. Like I don't want to sit here and be like a big fucking motivational speaker and that, but I just want to prove that as a natural athlete, there should never ever ever ever, ever be like one single limitation set, regardless of how unrealistic it might be
1: It was similar to um I watched uh Doug Miller on fluad's um podcast the other day, and he said about he goes into the gym and he trains like he's not natural um mm-hmm. spoke about obviously you know when you are natural you automatically go well I'm not going to add 10 kilo or I'm not going to lift as much as that assisted person but if you just go into the gym and kind of forget about that and just train like you are assisted and having that mindset that you can do whatever you want I think since I listened to that I go into the gym now and I don't think about you know adding like this I call it the natty plate you know the 1.25 kg plate you know I'm thinking about bigger goals and for me that's I think that's been one of the biggest game changers this week in terms of training for me. Is actually realizing that you know you just you can achieve whatever, regardless. Um, yeah, I, I massively agree with what you said there about um, no limitations in natural bodybuilding uh, for sure, 100%. It's a
2: it's a hard one because it's hard to really take in, and especially like obviously I've been um, training now for six years, but it's kind of often you'll see. Um, more so people setting limitations because they've maybe only been in training for one or two years and they think that that's really what it is but I think maybe upwards to like um, four or five years into training I I, like I properly realized that right there's nothing that really can't be done here do you know what I mean like before I was when I um, when I was prepping with you AJ and I pulled like 220 for the first time and I was like pulling 220 for like three reps and then maybe 220 for four reps on a good day kind of thing but then once I kind of shifted upwards and obviously I became a little bit stronger like up here I somehow within like five or six months I was pulling seven plates off the floor you know what I mean it's it's just it's like if you I don't know it's like Whatever you're, you're, you're setting up here is what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? We are in control. It's really hard to take in and it sounds like it shouldn't be possible, but 110% believe whatever I can see up here will it'll, it'll happen. Definitely. Definitely.
0: I love it. I love it. I think, I think we can expect wicked things, to be honest. Go, go on.
1: Before we go, do you ever doubt yourself? Have you ever doubted yourself? never
2: no no never. if I've got if I've I've got any part like part of self-doubt I won't do it 100% it won't happen like um today for instance like with even just the 160 like or even deadlift sessions when I go in nervous like I know it's nervous but I'm really just nervous because I know it's probably gonna hurt I'm not nervous because I've got that fear that I might not do it um I've always got that that's set in my head do you know what i mean it's like it's this it always comes back to what's what's happening up like in my mind at that time or my mind two weeks prior to when i'm even going to do it um if i can see it it'll it'll it's got to happen definitely definitely because like i said if i if i've got any part of self-doubt it will just it won't happen no chance i love it i love it so much
0: i'm 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 amped mate i'm i'm amped i want to go train now <laughs> <laughs> Keith? Okay, uh, we really appreciate you dudes um we'll let you go because i'm sure you've got a meal to get in and stuff like that um we appreciate your time and we'll definitely definitely have you back on in the future and we'll just fire a load of Q and A at you but me and george had plenty of our own questions today so uh thank you pleasure mate we'll let you crack on and we'll chat to you soon cool.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Appreciate
0: that. Right. See you after. All right. What do what do we think of that, George?
1: He's motivated me a lot. Um, because I'm I, I'm a big doubter of myself. I doubt myself so many times. Um that, you know, I think that sometimes overtakes a lot of what I do because I'm quite negative towards it. Um, but now, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go in there, and the sky's the limit. I'm always, uh, I, I always try and think like that. But, you know, you do have your doubts here and there. Me, see a
0: 180 I'm, RDL from you in three weeks max. Three weeks. Hell. Yeah. I'll, come I'll, on, come on. let's not
1: that. I've been, te- it's, I've been teasing it for so long. I should be there already. You should, I should be there Be there. Already. You should,
0: there. You should <laughs> just like load it up and just say like, I can fucking do this. You know, and start thinking about that set. Like he, he's very right though. Like I remember uh when I was training Brighton and um I, I used to squat twice a week because there wasn't a hack squat in the gym. And uh I followed like a sort of undulating periodization scheme of, of rep ranges to try and progress. So I'd have one day which would be like sets of four, and then I'd have another day which is sets of nine, and then at the start of every week, I knew exactly what I was going to hit for a four, and exactly what I was going to hit for a nine. So much so that some of the other people that trained in there actually knew exactly what I was going to come in and hit because they knew my progression model. They knew they they tell me, "Oh, okay, you're doing this this week," because I posted the sets on my Instagram and stuff. And I always had the set in my head, and without fail, I think I was doing not quite Kiefer progressions, but I was doing two and a half kilos aside every single time because i just i every week i just put that set in my head and i would just go ahead and do it and i progressed my squat like massively um and i definitely built a good amount of leg tissue out of that for sure but i think with my training maybe with the last year's something that i've definitely lost touch with a little bit not much but because of like there's so many moves in rotation like so many things to look forward to maybe i've lost touch with really thinking about a set as much as I should be thinking about it. Um, Not to the point where it distracts me from my day or something, but like imagining it happening because I feel like some of the best sessions I've ever had is when I not only imagine it happening before, but I have confidence of it happening. I'm not just like thinking, oh, I should hit this number today. And then like going in a little bit edgy, I'm like, I'm hitting this number today. It's, It's moving like this is mine. Um, so that was, that was really, really cool. It's made me think about my next, uh, deadlift progression. Um, I'll probably just go for a, a Keefy wrist, the tear progression.
1: (laughs) I I sit there and I I, I think, how is this man still walking in one piece? (laughs) um is is crazy then there must be like a a genetic element to to what he does for sure 100% because
0: systemically like from a nervous system perspective i think there's something in his body maybe his body just like is consistently releasing uh ksm 66 ashwagandha into his (laughs) bloodstream all day yeah, it's, um,
1: he's, he's very inspiring for me. I watch a lot of his stuff. Before I do any sort of like big lift, I do actually watch a lot of his stuff on Instagram. Um, me too. Him Before, and Nick Loff. Yeah, yeah, him and that Nick That I watch the um, most. Are ones which I, I I'll have to get Nick me. on actually. Yeah,
0: that would be, I'd like to break down a lot of what he does to be fair as well. We'll, uh, we'll have to do that at a time where our minds can be having some time to chill out because Nick's... Nick, Nick, and Keeper both very strong, but Nick is like he's he's very wordy. He's not just like do the basics. He's like do the basics, but and then he'll come on for an hour about amazing stuff. So if you don't follow Nick, just guys, just search at Nick Gloff on Instagram and just give him. If you should already be following him by now, but he's going to be a big thing over the next years. So he will be massive. As long as I keep, of course.
1: i have always said that. I'm glad he's getting the exposure that he deserves now, anyway. Because, uh, you know, like half a year ago, or so I thought he, he's not getting. He's you know, he's doing like a seven plate fucking squat, yeah. here, and he's not getting much exposure. No and but now he's he's getting what he's
0: deserved. So uh, yeah, hundred Commented on his post the other day, didn't he, Dante Trudel? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, he's a of anyway, are um, they crack on, mate? And obviously, listeners, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. The first one just went up literally today as we were recording this one. Um, We appreciate your support and the views are looking great already. So, yeah, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, 100%. See you later. Bye.